Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're back after the international break. It is great to see you, Danny. And you looked amazing this evening, by the way. What's, great to what's be shirt, seen, man. What shirt are you wearing? Great to be seen. Great to be seen. I think I got a. This might be my first episode with my fresh summer haircut. I got a new ring light. I should look brighter to the people. Obviously, I think that was after debuted last episode. And this is my Six Point Saturday shirt. This is our new, wow. uh, yeah, from from Matt Barbie's All About the Crown brand, uh, Charlotte soccer themed gear, uh, fan gear. This is a shirt that we uh, dreamed up a little collaboration. Of course, a Six Point Saturday refers to when both uh, Charlotte FC and the Independents both get a win on the same day uh, for soccer in the Queen City. Since we came up with that term, the legacy has started playing. You know, we started recognizing Independence women a little more. So there's actually. A, on some Saturdays, there's a chance for 12 points, but we'll take six. And uh, I got my six-point Saturday shirt. I'm happy with all the, the TIFOs here. And we're going to be giving these away yes, at we are. watch parties. Uh, just a little spoiler alert. So free shirts. Uh, there's a Charlotte Soccer Show branding also, by the way. Let's see if I can pull this off. Oh, yeah. I, I was going to ask you to turn around. Yeah. If I turn fully around, my chair will block the logo. But, uh, yeah, the Charlotte Soccer Show logo is on the back. Thank you, Matt Barbie, for the collab. And uh, at future Charlotte Soccer Show watch parties, we will be giving away some shirts. So uh, happy to debut it here on the YouTube stream. We are podcasting. We're back after a long break. And uh, it's great to be here, John. Great to be talking Charlotte FC with you as always. It is. And it, uh, the name of the episode today is Back from the Break. And that's what this feels like. Uh, we, we did a show early last week uh, after Charlotte FC's draw. Um, that felt like a win. You said felt like a draw to me. Yeah, um, it, felt, but, it felt like what it felt like. What's, what's... You know, what happened was, Danny, for me, you know, I, I saw everybody from Charlotte FC going down to South Carolina for a beach mm-hmm. vacation during the break. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Let's, we should take a We should take a break, too. Yeah, well, we needed um, it. So, <laughs> so, US so Open, Father's Day, all that stuff. Yeah. Happy I know Father's some, Day some people that are still at the beach, by the way. I, I, there's some Charlotte friends that are still at the beach. So there you go. A couple things I want to say tonight. Number one is happy belated Father's Day to you, the the father of the podcast here on Charlotte Soccer Show. Uh, Success has many fathers, but failure is an orphan. Everybody knows that. So uh, there's going to be a lot of people claiming to be the father of this show as the years go on. I have no doubt about that. Uh, And secondly, I wanted to say cheers to you. Danny. Cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's a coffee. Coffee. We've cheers. got a mix. We've got a mix of the the coffee cast and a Monday evening cast. I am in Chicago, Illinois, right now, and I think one of the funniest things that I've seen today was on a bus driving by my hotel. I saw a bus sticker, an advertisement that read "Soccer at Soldier." <laughs> That's what they're oh, going man. with here, Danny. Oh, they're, try- they're, they're, tr- they're trying to get people to, to go to Soldier Field to watch the Chicago Fire, and they clearly can't get anybody in that building. No. They, they, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but there's like no one goes to Fire games. The, the attendance is abysmal. It, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a place we never hope to be with our club, obviously, because like, we, love, we love our big crowds. We love the atmosphere that's generated. And, yeah, soccer at Soldier just sounds rough. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, Chicago Fire actually have a – Fun team to watch at times. I mean, they have Shakiri. You'd think, even though they're not a great team, you'd think they'd have, with so much history in the league and, you know, MLS Cups in their past and stuff like that, they got stars on the crest, but they're not uh, – they got stars on the crest. They have stars on the pitch, 
and they don't got nobody going to see those games. So what can you do? I thought that was a, a nice antidote for today's show to just kind of saw that out of the corner of my eyes. I was checking it to, to my hotel. Uh, I wish, wish Sean FC was playing here on Wednesday against Chicago. I would have been at that match. But instead, they're playing New York Red Bulls. It's match day minus two. We're going to discuss that. A massive match on the road at New York this Wednesday. And when we think about like a new club, Danny, there's certain things that, you know, I remember. There's certain matches, I should say, not things. There's certain matches that I remember more than others. And I'll never forget getting knocked out of the cup yeah. by New York Red Bulls uh, that first year of Charlotte FC's inaugural season. And uh, I'm looking for some revenge. And I'll be looking for revenge, uh, it- I think, for the rest of uh, my fandom here. Uh, which which will be many many years <laughs> yeah i mean we hate the red bulls right i mean when it comes to like actual rivalries and like you you've obviously got your manufactured geographic rivalries i think of of all the clubs we played in year one that we developed sort of a natural rivalry outside geography with red bulls would be one of those for certain and uh i just remember you said you'll never forget that cup game and i i, I don't think i ever will either the uh it was such an ugly like just just physical like uh just lots of cheap shots and just like really, really physical, ugly soccer. Like they really took it to us and made us play an ugly game and then just kind of like snuck away from us at the end. So yeah, re- revenge for sure. We had a, we had the draw against them earlier this year. Right. Um, uh, and so now we're looking still for our first ever win against Red Bull. Am I, am I misremembering that? I forget, but uh, going to New York will always have that feel of just a chippy grinder, like karate chops, you know, just like hacking guys in the necks, getting kicked in the shins, just all kinds of madness as goes on when we play at New York Red Bulls, New Jersey Red Bulls, I should say. Shout out to the TFOs in the chat. Uh, first comment from uh, our friend Jorge Torres. Uh, well, considering how clean and not dirty the first game was this year, it'll be interesting to see them I mean, again. We hate uh, those guys. Yeah, it, it's it's a budding rivalry. I think I think there's so many. Uh, rivalry discussions about Charlotte FC that kind of turns into, hey, who is this club's rival? Yes, it's Atlanta United. But after Atlanta United, I would venture to say that New York Red Bulls might be number two on that list. Yeah, I think they're certainly up there. I, I, I just, I just, when I think of the Red Bulls, I just get angry, and that's the that's a rivalry, right? Just thinking about the other other party in this uh, relationship makes you mad. That's your rival. So. Uh, yeah, I don't like Red Bulls, and, and I hope we beat them for sure. I like to call them New Jersey. Uh, you know, I was able well, – I did go to a Red Bulls match one time at, at uh, in Harrison, New Jersey, to see the GOAT Thierry on replay one time when I was uh, living up there for a summer. But up there, uh, other than that, I got zero love for Red Bulls. And so uh, it's going to be fun, and it's an impactful game. Uh, the other thing about rivalries, the other thing that can sort of generate rivalries is proximity on the table, Right. When you're fighting someone for position and like trying to like beat a certain team to get in the playoffs, that can generate that sort of like natural enmity that that really drives and fuels a passionate rivalry. It, it does, and I, I think this game is huge. We're gonna we're gonna take a look at the MLS table and going to uh, put into perspective what this match means on Wednesday, and also put into perspective what the match means on Saturday at mm-hmm. home right. at the Keep. Protecting the fortress against Montreal. These are these are two massive matches coming out of this break. We're going to discuss that. Uh, we'll definitely do a podcast after Wednesday night's match uh, at Red Bulls, where we'll discuss the Montreal game at length. 
So uh, we're not going to focus on that tonight, but we will focus on the Red Bull match. We'll also focus on what has transpired uh, during this break, which is newsflash. Charlotte FC has a new player. New boys. Scott Arfield, Scotsman, the Scotsman. Danny the Canadian Rand. Scotsman, the rarest breed. Yeah, for sure. I know that you have a lot of thoughts on what he can do for Charlotte FC as an impact player. I do as well. Uh, give give the listeners a tease of kind of where your head's at when it comes to Scott Arfield and this signing. Well, I'm gonna I gotta go full disclosure because I've called the last few signings wrong, and so I feel like whatever I say, I, it's either going to be wrong or uh, people just aren't gonna listen. I don't know. I wasn't enthralled with the Miram signing. Turned out great. I was a big fan of the build build to Aloma signing. Turned out uh, not good. So I, I, I'm a little off lately with my with my calls. I was a fan of the Westwood signing though for a lot of reasons that feel similar to me when I think about this Arfield signing. I, uh, we're talking about a guy with Premier League experience, proven uh, ability to just play soccer and just like ha- like. Knows he's coming here, but not just coming here for a retirement situation. Had kind of an off year for Rangers. Uh, he played for Rangers in Scotland last year. He's played for – he was teammates with Ashley Woodswood at Burnley for a year and a half in like 2017, 2018. Played for Bournemouth. Uh, a guy who scored some big goals. He's played for – he used to be like the – Canada national team has gone up and up and up, and that's another topic we're going to get to in this episode is the U.S. men's national win over Canada. But back in the day before they sort of had this like new golden generation, Scott Arfield was like their dude. And he like did everything for, for Team Canada like six, seven years ago. So uh, he's 34, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, uh, I don't know if I've given too much of a tease here. I've given like such a big tease that I've almost given the whole store away. Well, so, you, you, uh, you didn't give too much of a uh, Scott Arfield tease, but you did steal one X line, which was we we're going to talk about the United States men's national team winning a trophy. I love to steal a line. I love, you know, I'm a line thief. Come on now. Uh, we're we're going to talk about that. Christian Pulisic being showered with champagne. Meanwhile, Danny Brands is already thinking about a new future of the program while Captain America continues to win trophies. We're going to talk about that as well. Uh, give it an international break recap. An interesting situation with Team New Zealand. Uh, we've got a video Big to deal. show and we've got some eyes on Big Bill Tuoloma playing for his home country, New Zealand, in a match against Qatar that got a little weird. Um, yeah. And we're, we're going to discuss that. Didn't finish. As well, didn't finish. And yeah. we'll, we'll tell you why. And then, of course, we've got some preferential, I'll put it that way, preferential TIFOs questions. So I think we've got a lot of good questions coming. Oh man, in. it's good to be a TIFOs. It's especially good to be a preferential tweet TIFOs for sure. Uh, how about our boy Jay Forrest, one of the best TIFOs out there, with a nice little uh, guitar profile pick there. Oh, flower of Scotland, man! It's it's great to have a Scotsman. And Scotland pulled off a huge, uh, huge stoppage time turnaround. They were down one nil in like the 85th minute uh, the other day, and one two one, a nice little turnaround. So. Things are looking up for the Scots lately. Ever since, you know, I went to Scotland last summer and it was a glorious, glorious time. Danny Brams uh, headed to the islands. The Emerald uh, Isle, yeah. In a few weeks, uh, less than a week maybe, uh, headed to Ireland as well. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, I would like to say this. Um, I did not do I, – I don't think I did an episode when I was in – Edinburgh in Scotland. 
I so were going to, but you didn't. I think it was hard enough for you to just watch the games, yeah. So I, I will say this. Um, there's no expectation on my end for you to do any episode when you're in Ireland. But to have a Charlotte Soccer Show episode with one of our hosts in Ireland mm-hmm. would be fucking badass. I'll just put, it, mean, that, I'll put it that way. We've been bi-coastal before, but to go bi-continental would be absolutely amazing. I agree. I think, I think we should go for it. I should be able to rally. I'll bring my laptop just to be safe just to see what happens. Um, and I'll bring my microphone and maybe even this brand new ring light that I keep, uh, can't quit talking about. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, man, it, it's great. I, I, I am actually, so I'm down to do an episode when I'm in Ireland next week. I'm thankfully not going to miss any games. I think it, uh, because of uh, bye weeks and international stuff, I actually just scoot in. I leave right after the Montreal game and then I get back right before the game, the next game. So that's good. Um, but I also kind of want to see what you can come up with. You know, like the, the when I uh, when you were traveling, you were indisposed, and I put together the little uh, Ashley Mahoney, Matt Geslin combo double guest episode. I, I was happy. I was happy with what I was. It was a great episode. With there, so, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a it was a great episode. I'm, I mean, I'm happy to do it. I, all that I'm saying is is if if you want to join the show from Ireland, you can. But if you don't want to join the show from Ireland, if you've had ten, maybe fifteen Guinnesses. Actually, I might need you to join the show at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to have to step up because I'm not really a, a Guinness drinker. I don't drink the, the stouts and the thicks. But when in, when in Dublin, do as the Dublinese do, man. So I think you know, I'm going to have to. Yeah. I've got I've to say that I think that take from you there is your classic take. And I don't want you to take offense to this, Never. but uh, ignorant beer drinker. <laughs> Well, it's true ignorance because I literally don't drink them, so I'm I'm ignorant of what they really could bring to my life. I do I have I do not know what they. What could have? Do when's the last time that you had a Guinness? Oh God, 15, 20 years, <laughs> forty four years old. So it's been a while. Yeah. You do you do realize that like Guinness doesn't drink like a stout, right? Like it's not a stout. It only looks like a stout. I, I don't. I again. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm not like I'm not. I'm not like asking. I'm just telling you. I'm like, do you realize that Guinness does not drink like a stout? No, I, I don't. I have not drank Guinness in a long damn time. When you get to Ireland and you drink your first Guinness, you're going to realize like, holy shit, I can put six of these back Wait very easily. Okay. Hey. Trust me. I Trust like me. that. Hey, you know, you know I like to drink local. So whatever whatever's available in the, in the local pubs, that's what I'll be drinking for sure. Uh, speaking of local beer, I've got the local Polsky Pilsner. Polsky, big Polish <laughs> population in Chicago, obviously. Yes, you know, huge. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the international break. By the way, the one regret that we had, to, we have to record this tonight, obviously, to make it uh, last maximum ahead of the Red Bulls game. I wish we could have... If we could have waited until tomorrow, though, we could have reported on Karol Swiderski, who uh, Poland has a big uh, World Cup, excuse me, Euro Euros qualifier against Moldova. And uh, there's some rumors that Carol may be looking to find his way starting up there top next to Lewandowski in that matchup. We'll see. Poland uh, usually well, doesn't do a two-striker system, but in this case, they might. I just want to uh, shout out Jorge Torres, who says, I got you, John. Um, I'm only going to believe that, that he means he knows exactly the crisp cool taste of what a Guinness tastes like, Danny Brams. The fact that you're going to get an, uh, a Guinness in Ireland for the first time after 15 years, holy shit, you're never, you're never going to be able to order one back in the U.S. Because I promise you this, and I'm dead serious about this, is that the, the Guinness on tap in Ireland tastes different than all yeah. over the world. Oh, imagine. I can only imagine, yeah. But what if I do that thing? What if I pull uh, 
pull uh you know europe european vacation guy and i come back and i'm just like drinking nothing but guinness and i'm just like telling everybody oh man guinness is so good and, like guinness is like oh you gotta oh you know you gotta drink the guinness right and like people and then i start then i start doing the this is good. I, I enjoy this Guinness, but oh man, it's not like it was, you know, back in in the in the old country. But so, who knows? I mean, I don't know if you're talking shit on somebody that would do that, but if you did that, I think that would be completely warranted. I mean, you, you got you, you got to experience it first, Danny, and I think you're going to experience this. Danny Brams is going to Ireland, and I I might be I might be more jacked about Danny going to Ireland than he is about going to Ireland himself. Well, no, I'm super jacked, and I'm not making fun of anyone specifically. I'm just sort of like coming up with like an archetypal character in my mind of someone who like won't stop talking about their trip to Europe. You know, that's all I'm saying. It just like goes on like a one week vacation and comes back. It's a total personality change. You know, but, you know, you, that's the kind of thing. I'm talking. About. Shout out to Greg Franco. We are live and yeah. we're, we're hoping that Danny Brams might be live from Southwest Ireland here. <laughs> I think <next> Greg, <laughs> I think Greg's one of those people I mentioned earlier who's still at the beach, by the way, on his Father's Day vacation. So uh, th thanks for joining us from uh, Myrtle or, wh or whatever, uh, wherever you may be. Uh, but yeah, we wait, got wait, hold on, one more, one more second, one, one more, one more comment. Jay Forrest, there he is playing that six, six string electric guitar. He says, "I can attest to the Dublin Guinness do the tour, pour the Guinness in the Skyview Bar." At the end of the tour, that's what it's all about. Jay, I've been there. I've done that. It's fantastic. It's a good recommendation. It's on the list. I'm going falconing. Right. I'm going falconing at a castle. That's all I know. Oh, some my, falconry. My sister's a big planner. She's planned an entire itinerary legit down to the, the minute and hour for a lot of these things. So I'm going to have to sneak away from the group a little bit and uh, go find some random adventures to get into. Guinness Tour sounds like a good one. Well, ho hopefully she's a better planner than me because when I say, hey, I'm ready to go live at 7.30 <laughs> Central Time, that means is that I'll be here at 7.30. <laughs> I might be going live a few minutes after that. Okay. Exactly. Um, well, let's get it. Let, let's get into the show, Danny. What do you think about that? Let's do that. We might as well. We're 20 minutes in. We've been shooting the schnizzle for a while here. It's match day minus two. I was happy to put that out into the universe today because it feels like, even though over the weekend, uh, the match, it was match week already, it just mm -hmm. didn't feel that way. Considering the holiday uh, today on Juneteenth, it's great to be here. A fantastic uh, holiday, a holiday that should be celebrated. I'm so happy that the United States is doing that. Um, and you think about this match all of a sudden coming out of nowhere. Christian Latanzio, he doesn't do a press conference on Monday. He's going to wait to do his pregame press conference tomorrow. I know that irks you a little bit, so we don't necessarily know who's available. But I think that we can we can look at who was available for the match before the break mm -hmm. and say, you know, is Enzo Capetti available on Wednesday? So that's where I want to start. Do you expect sure. Enzo Capetti to be in this lineup on Wednesday at New York Red Bulls, or do you expect Carol Sidersky to be playing in that striker role again? Uh, well, Carol, I think, won't be available. He will not I, be available. That's exactly think, right. He will be available. Do you think he'll be available on Saturday? Yes. I think he will be, like, in the country on Wednesday, but will have, been, have like, major jet lag, and will, in theory will have just played a game for Poland 24 hours before. So, he, so, so Patrick Ajemang could be in line. Yeah. For some more minutes this week, yeah, and it's it would be it would be tough for me to predict that Ajamon was going to start, except for the fact that he's already started before. So it's not like I would be predicting something that hasn't happened before. Uh, I think that uh, Ajamon could start. I think Copetti should start. Like Copetti, 
knowing that he did the I'm back Instagram post and uh, and like was a, presumably a full participant in training, you know, even before the last game, before the Seattle game, tells me that Enzo's at least going to be available off the bench. If not, I would assume starting against Red Bulls. And if he's not starting against Red Bulls, he better be starting at home against Montreal on Saturday. Or it's like then if he's unavailable for Red Bulls and Montreal, then we're starting to talk about him missing like 20% of the season. And, you know, it's starting to get like, wait a minute. Well, like, <laughs> Well, I, I told you on this show before, I'm going to tell you again, and I'll tell the TFOs again, a hamstring issue is no fucking joke. Okay. When you've got a hamstring issue that can linger. You know, when that lingers, you have to have contingency plans at certain positions. And let me tell you this right now, Patrick Ajaman is that contingency plan. And the longer the contingency plan plays well, the longer the recovery takes. Yeah. It's very, very simple. And for me, Danny, I expect Enzo to start and play against New York Red Bulls on the road on Wednesday. If he doesn't, after this break, after he famously put on Instagram, I'm back. Yeah. yeah. And didn't even make the squad. A, a no repetan, man. They, they don't respect me here, bro. That's what he basically said. Like, uh, yeah, he's he's back. <laughs> he's back to something. We don't know what he's back to. But we got some decent intel from Jorge here saying uh, Ajimong did not play for the legacy on Sunday. So he should get some PT. Brandon Cambridge also did not. If Camille isn't back, I don't think Camille will be back. I think Camille's injury is is definitely longer. It's probably probably three to four. Another I don't month. know. I, I'd no, say no, another. I, I think Camille's back. Really? Yes. And here's why. I hope. And here's why. Here's why, Danny. It's it's very very important distinction. If you go on Charlotte FC's social media channels over the weekend, I like that. there's there's some com- competition happening in training. Like okay. It always does, whether it's a seven-on-seven, seven, whether mm-hmm. it's creating competition in soccer training is a huge part about this business, right? Only right. 11 guys can play on a match day. But in training, you can create competition where 14 guys can play in one afternoon session. Mm-hmm. You, know was, you know who was part of that winning team this weekend? Camille Uziak. I like that. That's intel that I did not have. Camille is is ready to play. He's he's ready to go, Danny. It, it, I think I found I found uh, as you explained that I think I found the visual aid. That it we was with him and Derek for. Jones. Derek Jones was having those, you know, holding those balls like they were his, you know. <laughs> <laughs> DJ's in the house. You gotta love DJ. He can't. By the way, DJ can't play because of yellow cards. He's got eight already yellow cards on the year. But yeah, that's a good team there. Jan, Yas, Kinsey, Mora, Kerwin, Hager, Jones, and Cisniega. I love it. Good for them. Yeah. So I just wanted to call that out. I, I saw that. I think Camille Uzviak is going to be ready to play. That's great. That is absolutely great news. That's fantastic. So I'd expect to see him. I, I, if Enzo Capetti, whether Enzo Capetti starts, whether Camille Uzviak starts, just to have both of those players available to play, it's a huge huge asset and injection of confidence for Christian Latanzio in this squad. Can we look at the table? Do we have to look at this table? Can we, can we look at the damn table for F6? To, to show people how important this fucking match is? It's extremely important. I mean, Red Bulls, we are three points ahead, but they have the game in hand on us. Montreal, we're tied on points. They have a game in hand on us. 
DC United, we're one point behind. We have a game in hand on them. I mean, it's all to play for. Yeah, we're, we're not just coming back from the international break looking to fuck around for a little bit. We're coming from back from the national, international break saying our playoff lives depend on this next five days, seven right. days. This is where we can like put distance between us and the other stragglers. Right now, I would have to say we're a straggler. We're just kind of hovering there right in that bubble zone. We're not really like setting the pace here. We're, we're doing the best we can to keep our head above water in some tough circumstances. I believe we're a playoff team, and this, this is the time to prove that. I, I, my, my take that we are a playoff team is going to be proven right or wrong by this next little stretch here. And the, the chance to sort of just bury the Red Bulls, like to go get three points against Red Bulls and three points against Montreal – send Red Bulls just down, like just run away from them and never have to worry about them for the rest of the season. I think that's great. I, I think that's exactly what we want to do. Uh, and then the chance to jump Montreal, I don't know that we can quite run away from them, but we can definitely put a little distance between them and us. And it's really like they talk, you talk about like the six pointers and, and John, you say our playoff lives are on the line. I mean, it's, it sounds melodramatic, but it's like, these are the games, you know, like these are the games that, that count. And like, you never quite know when you play them. Like people will always sit, like naturally gravitate towards, oh well, it's the the games at the end of the season matter more or whatever. But but I, I don't know so much that that's true. I I think it's you sort of catch the good games when you when you can because right after we play Montreal, by the way, the next match after that is at New York City FC, who is another team that's right there with us in that in that group of standings from eight to twelve. So uh, it, it's all to play for, like I said, and we we need to. Quit being a straggler. Quit being a slacker uh, on this table. Move ourselves up. Put some distance between ourselves and, and the real stragglers because we have a home match against FC Cincinnati on July eighth. Uh, so that New York City match is a midweek match. Then we then we welcome in Cincinnati to a home setting after three like matches against all the teams that we're battling against. Then we have a proving ground test ourselves against the the league leaders and the the team that looks like the best team in MLS so then we have another match against Montreal so we play Montreal twice in the next five games we play the New York teams we have a tester against Cincinnati this stretch is insane John it is and I, I arguably and I, I feel like I try to check myself Danny because there, there's been a lot of times over the last month or so I've said to myself hey this stretch right now is probably the most important stretch for Charlotte FC and it continues to build on that feeling mm -hmm. and i don't want to be the guy that every single time we come on this podcast i go oh, this next game is the most important game of the season <laughs> and i don't want to be that guy because it's, it's not a true sports cliche obviously the next game is always the most important game but it really the, these stretches get determined not by arbitrary you know where they land on the calendar they get stretched they get determined by where you stack up against these teams that you're facing. And we just happen to be in a stretch where we have five games against four of the teams that are right next to us in the standings. It's going to be very important by definition. I think more so let's kind of like broaden it. And by the way, I really, I appreciate you breaking down the table and kind of looking at it that way. Cause I think it gives everybody a really good perspective on what this next week, two weeks looks like for Charlotte FC. But if you kind of like, break out of that singular club mode and you kind of broadcast this out to the entire MLS. Like this is a really good stretch of games for MLS before the next break, which <laughs> happens, which is the, the Leeds cup break. League, right? Leeds cup. Yeah. And you can see like the MLS standings are pretty packed. Like from, from fourth down to 12th, 
for fourth down to thirteenth is only eleven points. I mean, that's it's not that big. Like it's very like Cincinnati's running away, but it's very compact in the middle. And this is this is the time where teams will separate themselves. Well, shout out to the TFOs for for being here for watching live. Uh, make sure you uh, drop us a live comment. We'll make sure to share that on the show and um, join the conversation with us there. Uh, we're also going to answer TFOs questions. Uh, we got some good ones in. We're going to do that later in the show. Um, but but next, I want to talk to you, Danny, about. Um, Scott Arfield, you know, you, you, you gave us a little tease about, you know, Scott Arfield. We know a little bit about him, but the question I want to ask you is simply, what does he add to this squad now? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is get a quick answer from one of the TIFOs, Jay Forrest, who's uh, one of our best. And he, he commented this earlier when we first mentioned Arfield, 22 to 23, Arfield had nine goals and one assist champions legal against Liverpool he said his goal is to play until he's 40 years old. So that's 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 pretty nice considering you know you bring in a guy who's 34 and it's like, yeah, this guy's kind of long in the tooth or whatever. But if he says he's trying to play until he's 40. Well, I, I saw our friend of the show, our tremendous friend of the show, I'd like to think anyway, uh, Von Pullman uh, tweet about his age mm-hmm. and told people it wasn't a concern that this guy yeah. is playing big time minutes on the biggest stage. And when I saw Vaughn say that, I said, you know what? Maybe he's got a point. Yeah, I, I, I've tried to examine my own biases and some of these, like, uh, analyses and whatnot. Like, I have a tendency to, like, hate on older players and, like, and uh, love new younger players. Like, I, I will, like, sort of, like, praise the potential and, like, um, write off the accomplishment. You know, that's that's something I'm trying to get better at, basically, and not do as much. But that's, like, my own self-examination. Like, I don't give these guys enough credit for what they've done you know, for being players in their 30s. And I'm always, like, thinking, like, the 20-year-old is going to go so- somehow become, like, the next Messi or whatever. So that's something I'm trying to get over. That's why I'm trying to approach this Arfield signing sort of, like, with a little bit more caution and before I give definitive statements, uh, like I had on some of the previous signings that I, that I turned out to be wrong with. So I did put up this. This is Arfield uh, full screen, sort of his profile page on SofaScore. It shows his season heat map over here on the right side of the screen. You see a lot of red dots everywhere. He's a guy that gets all over the pitch. Uh, And then it shows, you know, some of his strengths and weaknesses. His weaknesses are in the duels. That's unfortunate. But you also see, like, where he likes to play. And you can see that he plays center mid. He also plays a little bit on the right wing. So this is a guy who can, you know, be all over the field. The heat map shows that as well. Uh, You don't love... Seven starts out of 31 matches played in the Scottish Premiership for Rangers. Uh, you would have liked to see more playing time. They're only averaged about 34 minutes per game. That's not great. Did make the team of the week twice. Scored five goals for Rangers in league play. Also scored that Champions League goal that Jay Forrest mentioned earlier. Uh, it, you know, and like we said, he's 34 years old, but he wants to play until he's 40. I don't know if MLS uh, artificial turf. Hey, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah, hit me. Is he playing for the Canadian national team because he can't? He's not good enough to play for Scotland. I believe that's what it is. Yeah, I think it's a dual nationality thing. He was born in Scotland, but he might have lived in Canada. I, I for I do. I'm a little drawn a blank there, but I only ask it that way because I, it's a it's a question that I think comes with a little bit of uh, ammunition, if you will, because I think that it's imp- and it's an important distinction that hey, hey, we got a guy that's playing in Champions League. Hey, we got a guy that's playing. I, I, I think, and I, I just need to put this out there, that the whole, hey, this guy played in Champions League last year against Liverpool. He's great. It's like, whoa. Like, mm-hmm. no. Like, yes. I, I've seen a lot of 
players that are poor playing against Liverpool in the big right. match. I'll just put it that way. And it, right? you, your platform, where you play, doesn't mean anything about how you can adapt to MLS and what type of impact you can make. That's why my my question to you was, what type of impact will he make immediately for Charlotte FC? All right. So uh, yeah, again, it goes back to the you know he played it. He did it. He played against Holland. I think he can play. Against here we Wales. go. Oh, here we go. Here we go. He <laughs> yeah, yeah. You knew I had to bring up that <laughs> quote from the Z man for sure. But uh, uh, it's like Jorge Torres says. We well, we doubted Miriam's age, and now look at him. I agree. That's why again, why I'm trying not to like go too boldly. Um, I don't want to say that he's going to be our savior, but I think he's going to be an effective piece. I think he's effective depth. I think he's someone that Ben Bender can learn from. I was really liking how Bender had played in, in recent appearances, so I don't love the idea of him now getting fewer minutes sitting behind a veteran that we just brought in necessarily. But I think Ben's a good young kid who will, who will try to learn from this Okay, situation. let me stop you there. And I'm not interrupting you. I'm asking questions for the TIFOs on their behalf. I love okay, it. You talk about Ben Bender. You talk about Scott Arfield potentially playing his role. Is that is that the role or is it Bram Bronico's role? It's kind of, and it's also kind of Brand Bronico's role. I mean, I'll bring up the heat map again, and, and what you'll see is, I mean, look at that. You'll, it's 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 mostly offense, but it's a lot of stuff going on in the defense too. You can see he's like on it's that pretty right badass. wing. Yeah, that heat map um, is badass. Yeah, I love it. They're just red dots everywhere, all over the pitch, yeah. surrounded by yellow zones. I mean, that's the heat map you want. Uh, again, I just would have loved to see him get more minutes in and maybe earn a few higher ratings, but I think he can do a lot for us, Rangers. You know, I, wonder what I wonder what Charlotte FC is going to pay him. I wonder what I wonder mm. what his salary is going to be. That's a good question. I, I, I don't know. He's, he's not a designated player. No, certainly not. So certainly. so he's not he's not peaking over eight hundred thousand dollars. But I think there's you know, you know for for this deal you, you might be talking about a five hundred k. I would get yeah. If deal. I had to throw out a number, I'd say five hundred k would be my guess yeah. for sure. Um, I don't know. I think I think he's going to provide us with some some organization. I don't necessarily know that he's a finisher or even a creator of plays, but what he is is he allows plays to happen around him by being in the right place at the right time, by making the smart pass, by having the veteran sense to know like where a guy is going to be. Once he gets some chemistry, and I think he has that – like put him on the pitch with Westwood. I don't. I mean, I think he could fill in for Bronico, but Bronico is like undroppable. Bronico is, is the grind set 90. I mean, there's people I – know, I know there's people listening to this that will be like – F Bronico, he should be dropped. But like, as far as I'm concerned, we're dealing in the reality. Whether or not I think Bronico should be undroppable, he's proven that he has been as far as the coach Latanzio is concerned. So it's just the reality of the situation. Whereas Laddie likes to move Ben and Ben Bender in and out a lot more. So that's why I just think Arfield fits as someone who moves in slots in front of Bender in that position. I could be proven wrong though, as I have been before. The Tifos are coming through. Can I share some of these comments with hey, you? Yeah, let's go Tifos for sure. Uh, Jorge again. He says, "Wasn't he also at Burnley with the Gemstone?" Hope Two that seasons, chemistry yep. translates. Yep. So 100. Uh, percent This one is a gem. Speaking of gemstones, from our friend Matthew Geslin, Scottish league is a joke of a league. Sadly, 13th best league in Europe per the ranking rankings. But hey, played in the Champions League against Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Geslin's not wrong there. The Scottish league is horrible. It's two team. It's Rangers and Celtic. And really, it's like Celtic is one, and Rangers is like five, and then everybody else is down in the twenties, basically. You know, like like Celtic is way better than Rangers, and Rangers is way better than everybody else in the Scottish league under them. So it's kind of a, a weird situation. 
I'm sure there's some Rangers fans out there who would take issue with that characterization of Celtic being way better. But uh, <laughs> I do like uh, this comment from Jay Forrest. Rangers fans out over in Scotland, just like Burnley fans, they've made Charlotte FC their MLS team. Good to know that the social currency is spreading across the pond. Uh, there's a good question from Matthew Christiansen that we'll get to in, in a second because it's not quite about this. Well, th- this is the this is the one that I wanted to show. Hub likes. Scotland had a very decent midfield for some time, and it's no shame not to make those rosters. It's a fair point. Sure. But – And, uh, yeah, our field has you know, Canadian citizenship through his dad and, and grew up in Scotland. So thanks, Jay, again. Jay, Jay yeah. Forrest with the info on this episode tonight. Thanks. Thank you for being here, Jay. Thank you for being here, all the TFOs, really. And yeah, that, that's – like, our conversation gets better by the contributions y'all make. I love it. Well, that's the point. I mean, right before the show, we went live, and Danny said, like, hey, I hope we get a bunch of, you know, viewers tonight to join the conversation. And, and my, I was like, hey, man, it doesn't really matter how many people join. Like, we're going to do our podcast tonight on the show, and I hope people join because when they do, uh, they engage with us and make the conversation better. And that's that's the entire point. That's the reason why we're doing this now live. We're basically taking our podcast recording that we used to sit. Um, and we still do this, by the way. I think like we've made like a um, an effort to change a little bit what we've been doing this season, specifically because Danny and I, we would go around town. We would we would podcast at breweries and shit, man. We would have like the an amazing time. But a lot of the time, most of the time, it was just he and I like sitting there slurping down beers, having a great time and not being able to talk directly to the TIFOs. So we said, okay, if we're going to continue to do two shows a week, okay, how do we make them different from each other? So um, one of our shows, we wanted to just kind of record live and invite people to join us. And I think the best way to do that was online because it's tough to ask people, you know, if people want to kind of show up and be um, at Elizabeth Parlor Room on a Thursday night and hang out with us as we record, like, come doors through. open. You knew where EPR is, yeah. Yeah, doors open. Come on, hang out with us, have a great time. But this is just easier. And it gives you a voice on the show as we're doing it. And it's just um, a pleasure. The fact that we've been doing this show for 38 minutes is is mind-blowing to me. Yeah, right yeah. It's going I feel, I feel like I've been on this call for five. <laughs> One thing I'm gathering here is that our boy Jay Forrest – He's a big fan of the Scott Arfield sign. He keeps coming here. <laughs> Ten goal contributions per one fifty nine minutes. Not bad. Yeah, agreed. Let's just see more. It, like I love that rate. Now I just want to see more minutes. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how yeah. many minutes he'll play for us, but we need depth. The fact of the matter is, even being out of the cup, we're no longer in uh, U.S. Open Cup. We want to win League's Cup. We want to put our best foot forward there. We want to go as far as we can in MLS Cup playoffs, and we're going to need depth. It just, just the team. Uh, b- biggest mistake I made. My entire preseason read on this team was thinking that we were way depth deeper than we are because I thought I thought we'd be able to handle a stretch of injuries and things like that, and the injuries hit us, and we have not been able to handle it as well. As I thought, so. there, <laughs> there's like a few episodes that like are seared into my memory, and the depth episode of People's Market oh. is one of them. Like that was an amazing episode. Like if if you if you want to know what we're talking about, go back into the archives. It was probably in January or early yeah, it February. Was like, it was like late December, actually. The people. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, December thirtieth or something like that, and it was episode <laughs> like fifty-eight or something like that. Just, yeah. 
they go back and listen to that episode. It's actually like hilarious. I think a bunch of a lot of things that we talked about hold up. I I, I want to do that. Um, yeah. So um, this weekend, Danny, I was having a great time at the pool. I was hanging out. I was, you know, going up to the bar and I was saying, hey, I want a high noon. And people would say, what kind of flavor? And I would say, <laughs> dealer's choice. <laughs> so uh, for this next ep- uh, segment on tonight's episode, I want to make it dealer's choice. We've got the USMNT trophy to talk about. Uh, we've got the international break recap to talk about. And we've got TIFO's questions. Danny, Let's do TIFO's questions. Let's go straight okay. to TIFO's questions because they deserve it. Uh, it's one of my favorite parts. And uh, the TIFO's have been – we've got you know a few dozen people that have been kicking it with us on this live stream, and we might as well uh, reward that for sure. Okay. So I, I'm going to ask you the first question tonight, and it's from our friend JPP, James Paul Perez. He asks us, do you think we can end the season with a plus – Goal differential currently at minus eight. It's a great question, like always, JPP. Yes, I do think we we can. I think it's an outlier the fact that we've given up the most goals in, in MLS this year, right? I think thirty three, uh, if I'm not mistaken, most in the league. Um, I think that's an outlier that we can bounce back from. I think we can regress towards the mean a little bit there. It's going to be and, tough to make up eight goals. I mean, you got to you, you you've got to win like three games, two to nothing. I think we can do that. I believe. <laughs> I believe in Carujo, baby. Guzman Carujo is the motherfucking deputy. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, oh man. It's an, it's, think, another, it's another great player-specific chant that should be happening in this sport. Dude, I got them all. Give me a player, I'll give you a chant. That's my that's my uh, my promise. Uh, but give me another great. TIFO's question now. It's it's a it's a great answer though, and um, I I I think that it would it would be a really nice job for this club to get back to zero. You don't always have to win all those ones two zero. You can also win them three one. Good point. Very very good point. Um, some one nils would go a long way as well. Yeah, Maybe three or four of those would be mm-hmm. um, uh, very good. Uh, Matt Geslin at Life of Geslin on Twitter. We mentioned him earlier in the show. We'll mention him again because it's a good question, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this. Uh, how many more signings, and what is the position of need at this point, knowing that a midfielder has now come into the club? I still think three more signings. I don't think our field is one of the the fame the the three players. I I told uh, I told the really uh, I told my boss I want three players. <laughs> No, I think Arfield is a bonus. I think Arfield is not one of the three. But but uh, uh, if, you, if you don't know what Danny's referencing, he's talking about Christian Latanzio. And Christian Latanzio said that he expects three signings to be made during this transfer window. And you don't think that Arfield is one of those three? Arfield, Arfield just – Is it a club like signing? Guy. Is it a club I, signing, not a, not listen, a managerial signing? I, I am not. This is in no way a, uh, a uh, diss on Arfield. But I just feel the way it all kind of played out with, the, you know, kind of being a free transfer and whatnot. And the fact that he's a quality player who wasn't playing a ton, it just feels like we're driving through a nice neighborhood, pretty well-to-do neighborhood. It's not the greatest neighborhood, but there's some pretty, a couple, two really nice houses. I mean, who wouldn't want to and, live there? And it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's leave your stuff out on the curb day. We drove by Rangers. They had our field sitting out there on the a couple curb. Couple bar stools, like, you know, like yeah, bar stools like, are nice. 
We can they use look, in they, our field. We they, can pick that. Yeah, we yeah. can fix that up. You know, do a well, little. We, yeah, we've got an island in our kitchen. You know, these, a little these DIY. Will get a little you warm. know, yeah. So, so I don't feel like our field's like a guy that like we went out to go get from the scouting department. I personally don't think. I just think he was a guy who was available. He knew Westwood. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just like yeah, sure, Scott Arfield, why not? 500K, let's, why not? Let's go. So I still think there's three more signings coming in. To answer Gessler's question, positions of need remain left back, center back, striker. I just want to drop this on you real quick from Jay. Arfield is for sure one of them. <laughs> Love you, Jay. You're having a, Jay's having, Jay's the MVP of the episode for sure. Yes. It just goes to show. I mean, like we we're looking for uh, TFOs to hang out and have a good time with us. Mm-hmm. I think like one of my only regrets about this like YouTube live platform is that we can't bring people on. Like, like ideally, we just like bring people on. They can talk to us on the show. We have to yeah. read their. We'll figure out a way. Content. We'll figure you, out. A way. You know, we we both we both have a a background of producing content where the fans are um, a big voice on the show. Mm-hmm. And um, did you just point to your Emmys? No, 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 certainly not. No, good, good God, no. What are you talking about? I think you did. Um, uh, next question um, comes from Mike Mecklenburger. Uh, Mike, um, uh, uh, Mike Umberger, uh, yeah. real name. Uh, good to hear from you, Mike. Always great to hear from you. Uh, we got to get some more independence content on the show as well. The CLT Charlatan. After drubbing both Mexico and Canada, is it fair to say that England is the USMNT's new official rival? I mean, since 1776, baby, they've new. What are you talking about new? These guys have been my rivals for 275 years, and they will continue to be forever. Have you ever heard of the Boston Tea Party, Mike? (laughs) No, seriously, though. Have you ever heard of freaking Captain Jack riding the goddamn mech deck? To fucking Independence Hall in Philadelphia and pass it out on the steps? God, jeez. You know what actually would be a really good podcast for us? Is to do like Mecklenburg history, like on our show. To like talk to people around town. You can, because like, you know, in Philadelphia, I'm from Philadelphia and there's a lot of uh, history when it comes to colonialism and obviously independence. Um, and I think that history exists in Charlotte as well, but it's just not necessarily there on such a national stage. You know, when I think about somebody like Paul Revere, um, who was, was, is celebrated, um, and someone that I know a lot about, but when it, you know, that, that's the Philadelphia version of, 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 of the Queens, um, the hornet's nest of rebellion. Yeah. Right, like uh, something that I think a lot of people can learn about. I think you know whether people listen to it or not. I'd be proud of those episodes. They all want to talk about Paul Revere. They never want to talk about Captain Jack. They all want to talk about the Declaration of Independence. They never want to talk about the Mech Deck. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a great point, and I think it would be actually really fun to do those kind of episodes on our podcast yeah. feed um, because you know I was having a conversation. I think like you know Danny and I are both in this business, and we do this for a living, and. You know, we think about content, we think about things that people want to listen to and and people are interested in and, you know, getting viewers and listeners and clearly caring about the metrics. But I think it goes back to this kind of being a passion project. And, you know, Dan and I don't make any money for this show. In fact, we spend a lot of money on this show. (laughs) And it's not something that like I'm not looking for your sympathy. Like I'm happy to do that um, because I, I enjoy it. 
but at the same time, it means that we have free reign to do the content that we want. Right. Exactly. And that's what yeah. that's what independent um, independence means. And and Danny, you know, I think one of the most important um, attributes about this show is its independence. And you know, we're not a supporters group. We we're not working for the club. We're not a rights holder. We're just. Um, two guys that happen to live in Charlotte and have a unique view of the club and want to have conversations about it. They, um, they so. came to us, they came to us and offered us free season tickets in the vault. If we would just take down the uh, Latonzio murder mystery episode. And I said, no, I refuse to take it down. All right, let's get to the next question. Um, let's see here. Um, final question of the night comes from DB's hot takes. The man himself, uh, Danny Brackets. Great to hear from Danny Brackets. I, I haven't seen him in a while. We'd we'll love to see him soon. Uh, maybe, maybe Come to week. EPR, maybe, Daniel. Maybe Saturday. Maybe Saturday at the keep. Yeah. Uh, how many points in the next five matches? All right. So it's, I went over this, right? It's Red Bulls, Montreal, New York City, Cincinnati, Montreal, I believe is the, is the run out there. We got the next I'll double, ch- I'll double check you, but keep going. I'm going to say 10. Ten out of five would be amazing. Ten out of f- ten, ten points in the next five matches. I'm going to say beat beat both New York teams, lose to Cincinnati, and get a win and a draw against Montreal. Well, hear me out here for a second, right? Okay, let's kind of like math this out. Let's let's math it out. You know, as one of my favorite characters ever, um, Mark Watney. Rocky Balboa. Is that right, Mark Watney? Mark. No. Nick Watney? No. Watney. The Martian? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Martian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He plans everything out. Yeah. um, um, Played by none other than... Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Was it Nick Watney Mm -hmm. or Mark Mark Watney, I think. is Mark Watney. Yeah, Mark Watney. Yeah, Mark Watney. I thought I got that right. Um, You know what he says? Let's science this shit. <laughs> I love that book. That's a, it's a really good book. It is a great book if you if you enjoy that sort of thing. Um, so, if you think about it, Danny, right, and you and you think about this week, right, five matches, ten points. What if you kind of like come to the realization that this week should be six points? Right, I agree. That's factored. That's the I factored this week six into my total ten. You did okay. I'm chalking up Cincy as a loss at Cincy. They're just too good right now. I just think, and it's a, I think it's going into a midweek match. So I think I think we would be smart to rest players there. Okay, okay. head to the to the upcoming because that, that's because that's that's what I want to do is I want to you know get your thoughts on exactly how this plays out over the next five matches. And yeah, so I'll I'll tell you. I think it's, uh, you know, what? I misspoke. I said at Cincy. It's actually is a home game against Cincy. So forgive me there. But I think Life. it's, yeah, I think it's beat New York Red Bulls away, beat Montreal at home, beat New York no, City no, away. It, it, no, for Dan, Danny, just so you know, like, um, we need to we need to we need to knock down. We need to get this schedule right. The reason why is because the League's Cup is getting in the way. Oh, I'm not counting the League's Cup. Right? The League's Cup. Yeah, but the League's Cup doesn't start until till end of July. 
Okay. Dallas, uh, Dallas, the July 21st, and Nacoxa, July 29th. That's our league scout games. Yeah, 21st, end of July. I'll take that. Yeah. Okay. So we look at these five matches, and we take six points, and then you're saying that – I'm saying we beat we New York. We lose at Wednesday. New York City FC in the third yes. match? Yep. That's another win. Another win? I say we go – I say we go. We got nine in a row coming, but then we lose at home to Cincinnati, three days after we play New York on the road. Oh my gosh, that's absurd! And then we go to Montreal, get a draw. That's for our, for our ten point out of five. Tenth point out of five, fifteen. Hmm. You know, I just your lack of confidence at home against Cincinnati is glaring to me. <laughs> Are you? Is it an indictment? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a. It, I think, I think the fact that, I think Charlotte FC should feel confident against any MLS opponent at, at the keep. What about Bridget McCall? Says ten is optimistic but possible. Well, everyone's well, disappointing you tonight, John. I'm sorry, bro. None of us have any faith. No, I just. Since he's good, man. Since he is good, I, I hate to admit. I mean, I have like. They're running away from the okay. lead right now. Okay. I mean, the, we should be able to – We sh- Charlotte FC should be able to beat any MLS opponent in Bank of America Stadium. I agree with that 100%. They're five points ahead of the entire league, West and East right now. I don't care. Like, <laughs> that's, that's not – that like this, to, and, and this is, I think I, – I think let me just take this opportunity as I'm kind of like all over the place right now to just explain what I'm thinking which is pretty simple, is that I believe in one true, I guess, um, one undeniable fact when it comes to success on the soccer pitch. And that is you have to win matches at home against anybody. And if you want to be a successful club, your home matches need to be winnable. And if your home matches are not winnable, then your club is failing. Well said. That's well said. Who, I agree. And and I'm just curious about any MLS team that is just like leaps and bounds better than everybody else from a roster point of view. From a roster point of view, I don't don't give me the points. From a roster point of view, unless Messi <laughs> is he coming. <laughs> Unless Messi shows up with like a couple of his buddies, yeah, to play Charlotte FC. Yeah. Okay, I might be Messi. like, okay, the rosters, rosters are a little bit different here. Messi right? brings his five aside team to Miami and and picks up throws six scrubs with them. Here's this comment here. That's irrational thinking. What's irrational thinking? Um, that, that you that I think he, that he says it's that, irrational that you say we could beat anyone in the league. Oh, interesting. Because um, last time I checked, that the Eastern Conference uh, champions last year. Came into Charlotte FC and lost four fucking to nothing, and we didn't even make the playoffs. That's fair. I mean, that's fair. You defend, you protect the fortress, you defend the keep. You no, should just win saying, like, I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm giving you a real world example of the best team in the Eastern Conference coming to Charlotte and losing four now. I'm giving that to you. Not, I'm not even like fucking thinking about it hard. <laughs> Seriously. Like, it literally happened. Less than a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. So to sit here and think like, oh, oh, Cincinnati is so good. They're leading the Eastern Conference. They're going to come to Charlotte and they're going to beat us. 
that to me is like fucking loser shit. No, I like the fire. And I, I would, I just would, I think I might've been slightly mischaracterized. I didn't say that it wasn't winnable. I just said that I'm predicting that they beat us. That's all. <laughs> okay. Calm down. I do think we. I'm not saying like don't show up. We can't be in Cincinnati. I'm definitely not saying that. I'm just yeah. saying I think we'll lose that match. That's all. And I rarely predict a loss, especially at home. That's all. Yeah. So That's so Matt Keslin chimes back and says, "I respect the fire, but it's not realistic. Like, what's not realistic? Legitimately, what's not realistic? I want to know. I would what's question not, whether... what's not realistic. That that what? that Charlotte FC can't beat the best team in the Eastern Conference at home because they literally just did that. We've done that, yeah, yeah, exactly. And not only just beat them, and Danny Rios, who wasn't good enough to play. This is my point about MLS, and I and I really need to be honest about this, okay? And this is what I want to tell everybody who's watching the show. I want to tell everybody who watches all the MLS matches. All these teams are the fucking same. They're just average, okay? There's no great team in this league, and it's. Been- and it's always be that way because MLS is not a great world league of football. It's a league that has parity. It's a league where a lot of players are very, very similar. It's a league where every time you play 90 minutes at home, you should consider at least getting three points. Right. So Danny, this isn't directed at you at all about saying, Oh, I'm a, you know, Charlotte's going to lose to Cincinnati at home. But when I look at Cincinnati, I don't see fucking jack shit on that roster that makes me go, oh, wait a minute. When this team shows up to Bank of America Stadium, they're going to, we got no chance. This isn't the English Premier League. This isn't Man City versus Luton Town, a team that gets promoted out of nowhere, right? This, that's not what this is. This is a bought and paid for franchise that entered the league, entered the league with probably the most parity. I would say, honestly, I, I think championship is probably a good example of parity when it comes to MLS is like, yes, a lot of teams in, in the English championship division can compete with each other because there's a shit ton of parity, right? Yeah. Bournemouth doesn't go to Liverpool and win, right? Because that's the English, which is arguably the top league in the world. Mm -hmm. Where does MLS fall into world league pecking order? probably 20th at best if i had to figure it out i mean it'd be it would be way up higher on my personal rankings but if i looked at the official rankings i think it's probably in the 20s if i'm guessing around there so maybe a little better i mean just yes like, said scottish league was the, 13th earlier so yeah so i'm mean, just thinking about it that way right like i'm not trying to like go on a rant or get upset or like go emotional on the show but what i do encourage people to think about is like you know i'll give you an apple here and then i'll show Unless you're colorblind, they they look pretty fucking different. And let's yeah. just like not even compare the English Premier League to MLS for a second because no. it's not even close to the same fucking thing. Agree. Yeah. They play with a round they both play with a round ball. That that's about it. Uh no, I, I first off I will say this. Don't tone the fire down. I like the fired up. You could see the TIFO's comments sprang to life there on your on your uh, sort of uh, really? I wouldn't even call it a rant. I would call it more of a diatribe than a rant. What did they say? What did they say? What did they uh, say? I mean, they said, "Damn, I just tuned in. John has fired the f up. I love the passion. <laughs> I respect the fire. Let's go upper deck for the Cincy uh, Cincy match and show them what it's like. We beat Nashville four one last time the upper deck was open. 
we should we you have a point we should definitely beat anyone at home nick hazer chimes in bank of america stadium legit advantage of most if not all the other MLS teams that's true you've heard other mls players talk about how uh intimidated they are coming into that arena and stuff like that so yeah I, i'm with you I, I agree like all you have to say is that philly game last year we've talked about it and i don't want it to seem like i am chalking up the cincy game as a loss but you asked me to predict the next five matches i think no. a tifo's question started us off on this whole whole thing and i say 10 points out of five that's what uh, out of 15 yeah. that's what i'm gonna no I, I think i you know kind of like the reason the thing that set me off is like yeah i think like at new york city at New York Red Bulls would be an at Montreal would be very easy to predict a loss, but at home against Cincinnati, right at home against Montreal, at the table, I look at the schedule and I say, those are winnable matches. And if you look yeah. at the history of this club, it's very simple. Is that this, this, this team picks up points at home and gives away points on the road. And when looking at the next five matches, you've got two at home and three on the road. I am more bullish on the two at home to get just i think that's fair i think that's fair but i i expect to go into new york city and, and win i expect to win both away matches in the empire state i think those teams are bad and it will be extremely disappointing if we if we don't get at least a win and a draw if not two wins i'll be extremely disappointed by the new york excursions all right so how about um, and, and also a, uh, there yeah, is this yeah. there is this yeah I forgot it's the Queen City Derby. It's then fuck Cincy because we are the real Queen City. Thank God Matthew Christiansen brought it back up. I think that's a really good place to end the show. Uh, we, we covered the United States men's national team. We got that question from Mike. Um, so I think that we've paid off all of our teases. We're an hour into the show. Congrats on winning the Nations League, uh, USA. We did it. And if we go any longer, I might lose my shit. Then I guess all there is to do is say... For the crown, crown baby. baby. <laughs>